if I ask you anything you don't want to talk about, just, Dude, just, <laughs> just, let's just do it. I'm like, All right. like, like, ask me whatever you want. All right. Does he look like a schlub or does he have something going on and, and he's looking overall put together? And does he feel calm? That's one thing that guys don't really understand. Confidence to me is calmness. If you can just speak slow and you can be comfortable with her, this sub communicates to her that you are a confident dude. You have high self-esteem. You don't care what other people think of you. And it also weirdly sub communicates that you're dating other women because you're so comfortable with her, which means you're comfortable with women and women actually get turned on by the fact that other women want you. It's a concept called social proof. And that's okay. the whole wedding ring thing. <laughs> yes. If you, if you want to go that route, like the George Costanza, where is a wedding ring goes out, gets all these girls. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Alpha M podcast. Today, I've got a special guest who I've known for quite a few years. And um, I'm really excited to have him because he is a dating expert. But when you think dating experts, at least when I do, I think of like douchey dudes and like fedoras, right? But not you, Trip. This is an incredible <laughs> opportunity for me. I, I've been on your podcast a few times and yeah. um, it's just great because I've got some incredible questions about dating, dating in this current environment that we're in, in terms of, of, uh, of COVID. And, and I just have a lot of incredible questions. And so cool. Trip, you are a man of many skills. You are a dating expert. You have an incredibly popular podcast along with, and you've got the number one like dating um, uh, YouTube channel as well, right? I mean, yes. you, yes. it has been really amazing to watch you sort of grow over the years. Um, you know, and where a lot of other like dating experts that I, I've seen, because I've been doing this a long time. What year did you start YouTube? Uh, my first video officially went out in 2012. Okay. So you've been at this, you know, eight years, right? And yeah. So it was, videos it was funny, every week. Like, when, when, when I, I look back, when I was getting started and just coming up, I was looking at, you know, some of the dating guys to see what they were doing. And it was amazing because there were some really popular dudes back, back in 2012 and 13, but then they kind of drifted away yeah. and you have just seen, you know, your, your popularity has actually increased. And I really feel like it's a testament to the message that you're sending and the mechanism at which you sort of are helping guys sort of be more, it's, it's more about confidence than it is, you know, cheesy pickup lines and helping them sort of understand, you know, just kind of like getting comfortable with their, their selves or themselves and, and in their own skin and allowing them to sort of, you know, get more comfortable in the whole like dating arena. And so what would you say, Trip is sort of your like value prop in terms of a dating expert. Why should somebody listen to you versus somebody else? Well, here's the thing is there are a lot of other coaches out there, some who are still around, some who are not. Uh, really what I do is, I, the way I can explain it is how I learned this stuff. When I say this stuff, I mean, dating advice, attraction, meeting women, uh, dating women like out of your league, so to speak. And basically when I was learning this stuff, back in 2006, seven and eight, the only information you could find out there, because there wasn't YouTube channels on this, like YouTube yeah. came out in 2005, 2006. So what could you do? Well, you could scour the internet and there was blogs and things like that. And it was mostly pickup artists. So that was the only information you could really find. And I remember reading that stuff, diving into this stuff, seeing other people get results with it. 
And when I was learning this stuff, because I was a you know former shy guy and and nerd and very unconfident dude, and so I wanted to learn this to get better with women, and that's the only material I had, and it sucked because I felt really weird using that stuff. It was strange. It was like, okay, I learned these pickup lines or these what they're called like routine stacks, like really nerdy things in terms of creating a methodology around meeting women. And, you know, I got pretty decent grades in high school and in college, but I hated school in terms of like studying. And that's what it was. Like you had to study all this stuff and learn all this stuff in these crazy formulas. And I was like, this is terrible. Like, I can't even do this. It feels weird. This isn't me. It's basically like teaching guys how to manipulate and lie. So what I ended up doing was I just said, forget all this. I'm going to drop everything and just go out and just talk to women and just see what happens. And so over time, I started to get more comfortable talking to women and understanding through a little bit of, of still learning things and understanding things like female psychology, uh, evolutionary psychology, things like that, like what worked and what didn't. But I tried to do it in a way that was a little bit more natural and less formulated and understanding just how attraction worked. So to bring it back to your question, what I try to teach guys is how can they tap into themselves as a natural, confident guy while understanding what is it that women are attracted to, combining these forces in a very simplistic way. So when they go out and meet women, they're not feeling like there's some pickup artist, some weird dude, some creepy dude. So it becomes actually more natural and also it's sustainable. So it's something that is long-term. They actually can turn themselves into that comfortable, confident guy instead of using something that some guy told them would work on the internet. So that's what makes me a little bit different from, I don't know. I don't know every single you know part of my competition yeah, yeah, yeah. out there, but that's that's what I teach. And I my, my old slogan that I used to say on YouTube was attract the girl while still being your natural self. And I don't say that anymore, but that's basically what it is. It's how do you become the most attractive version of yourself and how do you tap into that to be able to not only attract women by the way but to also just be awesome in life like i yeah, learned attra yeah attraction is 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 a lot more than just you know the opposite sex it's it's exactly you know, it, it, it's career i mean when you're a more confident individual you know everything in your life gets better and so what would you say is a is a is a your number one confidence boosting tip if you have one um, not just, you know, for, for meeting women, but I mean, just in general, um, you know, what is that, that thing? What is something that can help a guy just feel better and more confident about themselves? So my answer is very counterintuitive, but so right away, it's not going to work, but over time, it's going to be so powerful for you. Oh, I love this. What is it? Okay. So the answer is you need to get rejected and go through the emotions of, messing up with talking to women. And I know that guys have already been like, "Oh, dude, I've already done that before. Like I'm I'm still trying to learn this stuff. Like that didn't help." The reality is that person did not do that enough. He that guy is saying he's done that like 3 or 4 times where a girl kind of rejected him and it really hurt. What I'm talking about is going out and getting rejected enough times where you become so numb to it that you don't care and shifting the mindset of I can't get rejected. I can't get rejected because that's what confidence is. It's going into a situation knowing I don't really care what's going to happen. And I know I'm amazing. And, you know, what will be will be. 
but you can't get to that point until you go out and get rejected over and over and over and learn it's not a big deal. And in that same process, you'll actually get better. So that is the exact same advice I give in terms of like entrepreneurship. This vlog is, or this, this podcast is very entrepreneurial centric. And, um, and I tell people, you got to fail. You got to get it out of the way because when you start, you're so worried about, you know, worst case scenario. And, oh my gosh, what are my friends going to say? And, oh my God, I don't want to tell my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my, my significant other, you know, about failing. And, and you focus on that. But once you get it out of the way and realize, you know what, I'm still alive. I'm still okay. I'm going to try again. And you know what? You're probably going to fail again. We are going to fail, but that failure is what actually builds builds you into a more confident, resilient individual. Um, I, I had another gentleman, uh, Noah Kagan, on the podcast, yeah. and he has this little this little thing called the coffee challenge. I know, that and one, I thought yeah. I thought it was brilliant, and and it's simply to work that fear muscle, right? The fear of rejection. You go out. You ask somebody whether or not it's a cup of coffee or, you know, a waiter at a restaurant or a sales associate at a store and just ask for 10% off and just sit there, let them, let them answer. Sometimes you're going to get it. Sometimes you're not, but that's not the point. It's about getting comfortable actually asking and, and being scared of an outcome. And so it sounds like that is your advice as well with, with dating, which I think makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I, it's funny. I interviewed Noah also on my YouTube channel many years ago. He said the same thing. And I was like, that's amazing. And the very next day I went and I did it. And I was kind of nervous. But yeah. afterwards, I felt I felt great. I was like, great. She looked at me, you know, the verse is like, uh, no, I can't give you 10%. I was like, all right, that's fine. All right, cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so so tell me a little bit about, you know, the real motivation behind starting this. What was the goal? I know that I know that when you started, it was, you know, you started looking into this for yourself because you were looking to meet, you know, higher quality women or whatever it might be. But but why did you decide to turn it into a career? So, OK, so it all starts. It, it kind of starts the idea of podcasting. OK, so the, the podcast I have now is called How to Talk to Girls. There was a podcast before that one that was called Dudes Talking About Chicks, okay? That was, I created that in 2009. So when podcasts were very, very new. So in rewinding a little bit further than that, I told you I learned how to get better with women, right? So I learned how to get better with women and I started to see results. I was very happy with my results to the point where I was telling friends like, yo, I learned all this stuff. Like if you're having trouble with girls, like you got to use this, you got to try this. Like, you know, friends who would come to me for advice because they knew I was going out like five, six times a week. And by the way, not drinking or drugs or anything like completely clean, learning how to build the natural confidence and it was working. So one day my buddy was like, hey man, I have a question for you. You know, can I ask you some advice? I was like, yeah, sure. So I was giving him some advice. He goes, dude, we got to do a podcast on this because he was doing another podcast at the time. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, you know, get, put myself out there. And he's like, let's just do one episode. Let's do it for fun. See what happens. We'll just give advice to guys. I'll try to get people to call in live. It'll be fun. I'm like, you know what? Fine. I got nothing else going on right now in my life. You know, I'm 23 years old, 24. Like, let, let's do it. So we started the podcast. I fell in love with it, loved giving advice. I was very confident in my advice and the things I was saying. The, the podcast was picked up by iTunes, what's hot list. So then we started to get a lot of traction. And so it started to go up in the rankings of, of the podcast and, and like the health category, wherever we were. 
And now I'm like, wow, now that gave me even more confidence of, oh, okay, I guess this is working. Guys like this advice. So we're like about 20 episodes into the podcast. And in the meantime, I'm also trying to break into the entertainment industry. And I was thinking about doing something with music, music production. So I ended up getting drinks with this guy who was in the music entertainment industry. And I was just getting advice from him. And, and so afterwards, he's like, oh, what else are you up to? Like, what else do you do? I was like, oh, I have a podcast. I give advice to, to guys about girls. And he goes, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. So he asked me a question about some girl he was dating or whatever. And a second later, my brain was just like, boom, 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 boom. Like, this is what you do. This is how you do it. Da, 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 da. And he goes, dude, that was amazing advice. I was like, yeah, man, no worries. Like, no problem. So I'm walking back to my car. I've told this story a million times and I love it. I'm walking back to my car. There's a light drizzle. So it's kind of raining and I'm walking back and all of a sudden <laughs> metaphorical lightning struck my brain and I go, I, this is what I have to do. This is my calling. This is, this is it. Like I have to be a dating coach and help guys. I love it. I, I got better at it. I know I, how I can help them. This is it. So from that day forward, on that podcast, dudes talking about chicks, I advertised my new company called Trip Advice. Uh, I got to give some props to my ex-girlfriend at the time. I told her about what I wanted to do. She was in full support of it. She was a website a graphic designer. And she, she was like, let's put up a website for you. She was incredible. She helped me put up a website to make me look professional and legit. And, uh, and that started the beginning of the crazy struggles as an entrepreneur trying to, to make it and, and build out trip advice to help guys. So let me ask you this. This is great. I, I love that story. Just the whole like drizzle of the rain. Come on. Anything with, I'll with never rain forget drizzle. it. I'll never forget it. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, so let's take it a little bit towards that entrepreneurial sort of journey. When you were doing the podcast, um, because a, a lot of people that do listen to this podcast are potential entrepreneurs, or they do have a dream of, of starting business or owning it. One of the reasons why I'm so excited to talk to you is because you're, what you're doing is basically just giving and, and selling your knowledge, right? For, for the most part, you were selling your information, you were selling this knowledge, which is a very low barrier to entry, right? In terms of, you know, e-products, we, we, I, I, we hear a lot about, you know, e-products and, and different things. How did you start? First off, first question is how did you monetize the podcast first before we'll talk about what you and how you actually monetize trip advice? So at that time, when I was doing dudes talking about chicks, that original podcast, so there was 40 episodes around episode 20 is when I started to advertise my services. So at that point, I was not a, you know, a business person. I didn't know uh, how to, you know, structure a business. All I knew is I wanted to sell my services. I didn't even know that really products, I knew products existed, but what were the services? Wasn't... What, what were the services? So the services was taking out guys, wiring them up to a microphone, having them approach women. I was listening in on the other end. <laughs> like a weirdo in the bar with, with, with headphones and people think I thought I was a bouncer and I would take them out and help them approach women, get over their approach, anxiety, get over their shyness and help them be able to attract women. So that was the service. How much okay. would you charge? If you don't mind me asking. Well, okay. It changed a lot. My very first sale came actually not from the podcast. It came from Craigslist, which was uh, the most interesting sale ever. My first one was $1,600. What? And this guy got months of coaching. I mean, like, I think we did like three to like 12 full weekends. To, it was insane. Like so yeah, yeah, much. Yeah. Um, but he did amazing and we got him really far. 
What was funny is I just put up the Craigslist ad because I was thinking of other ways to advertise beyond the podcast. And I put up the Craigslist ad and he responded within two weeks. So in my brain, what am I thinking? Craigslist is amazing. This works. Holy shit. Like I'm going to build this. I never got a Craigslist sale ever again. And it was so confusing to me. I was like, this is how, you know, I put it up two yeah. weeks later, but, um, but anyway, so that was my first client. That was my so first six, one. In- so $1,600 and yeah. he got, you know, like six months of training and coaching. And so when you, when you averaged it out, you made literally like minimum wage I mean, for this nothing. guy, right? Okay, I, so yeah. I was on, I, I tell people I was on unemployment before it was cool. So I was on unemployment at that time. I had a really good relationship with my, my boss at the time. And so I was like, he, he let me go in a way where I could get unemployment. I was like, so I quit, but he laid me off. I put in air quotes. So mm-hmm. I was able to get unemployment, which was nothing, by the way, especially in, in LA. It was like, I was completely broke, making no money, just barely paying the bills. And then, yeah, in 2011, I got my first client. And then uh, now it's all starting to crash because I wasn't getting anything else from Craigslist. My the, the partner I had doing the podcast, we weren't business partners. We were just podcast partners. He moved to Colorado. So our podcast ended. So now I'm sitting here going, okay, and by the way, starting a podcast, it's, it's not like starting a YouTube channel. YouTube channels a little bit easier barrier to entry podcast is you got to figure out RSS feeds and all this technical shit. So I was like, all right, you know what? Maybe I just should stay away from podcasting and start a YouTube channel. So meanwhile, again, I'm trying to advertise on Craigslist. Nothing is happening. I'm trying to do local marketing or passing out flyers. Nothing is working. So many failures. And, uh, and I started a, a YouTube channel not the one I have now. So I actually started a whole other YouTube channel before the TripAdvice YouTube channel, which I put so much time and energy in and it completely failed. What was it called? It was called The Social Rules. Okay. So this was on in about 2011. It was 20 episodes. It was like a variety show about dating. So I had uh, another another host on there who gave some advice and I had a girl on there who gave some advice and we do on the street interviews and it was fun. It was funny, but it didn't get any views. It completely bombed. I was sinking all of my money into it, which was basically nothing at that time, going into debt. And, uh, and it completely bombed. And I was at a loss. So that, that's the beginning of that. I don't know how far you want me to keep going. And so you, you, uh, you started selling your services. At what yes. point did you realize that wasn't super scalable? And you, because at some point you realize, you know, okay, there's got to be a better way. And so- okay. Yeah. So how did you transition from, or what was the next, I guess, service after you, you did the, how many in-person sessions did you do? A lot. So, okay. So, so fast forwarding a little bit, business started to take off because I started to build the YouTube channel I have now. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting people who, who are getting to know me. I had a whole funnel where people could eventually go and, and find out about coaching through my website. And then I was doing coaching every single weekend, which as you just said, not scalable, exhausting. I was working seven days a week. I mean, every hour I loved it. So it was fine, but it was every hour of my, of my being. And I got to a point in around 2015, 2016, where I brought on a business partner and I told him, I said, listen, man, I can't do coaching right now anymore. I'm so burnt out. We need to figure out this product thing. We need to like create a course. We need to get it out there. And so that's when I created my first course. And started to get that out there. And 
So I, I completely shut down one area of the business, which was coaching, mm-hmm. put all my force into selling the informational courses. And then that started to take off, but that took a while. So, and then after, afterwards, I brought back the services and did coaching and still do coaching, more phone coaching, sometimes in-person weekends and things like that. And so do that you? was around 15, 16. Yeah. So now I do a lot of phone coaching and, and work with guys. So what would be, you say, what would you say is the breakdown in terms of your revenue, you know, coaching sales or uh, e-product sales? Where, where would you say the, the majority? Uh, of your I'd revenue say comes from? 65, 35, okay. 65 being actually coaching and 35 being the, the courses or the products. Uh, the coaching is just, it's, it's a big price point. So it doesn't compare to some of the smaller things. And a lot Can of I guys ask you how much, how much, how much a coaching session is now, or is that? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So it depends. It, it changes a little bit, but right now, if you want six weeks with me, it's 3,500. If you nice. want 12 weeks, it's 5,000. And if you want six months, it's 9,000. Okay. So, and, and then you how- get a little bit of a discount if, if you start later on. So that's what it is right now. Okay. And where can somebody go to find you? Uh, to find about coaching or yep. anywhere? Uh, no, no, no. The coaching. Okay. Coaching. So coachedbytrip.com is the website where it's an application form to fill out an application to do coaching with me. Okay. Excellent. All right. My next question is a yeah. little bit about approach anxiety, cool. right? You did, you know, the, uh, the, the original, you know, question about confidence. Is there something else though, in terms of you know, it's that, it's that initial sort of that, that sick feeling in your stomach, the butterflies, you know, when you're actually going to go up and, and talk to somebody. Now, now, mind you, I have not dated in, you know, 18 years. I've been married for a long time, but I do yeah. remember sort of that, 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 that fear. Of, I know that it is a fear of rejection, but what is another tip or, or piece of advice you would give somebody to help them sort of overcome the, the anxiety of actually going up and starting a conversation. My second follow-up question is, is there a, a good uh, conversation starter or two that you could offer the guys listening? Yeah, totally. So it goes back to the original thing I said earlier is if you want to get rid of your approach anxiety, rid of your shyness, you need to look at this like it's a skill you're building. It's no different than learning guitar, learning a sport, any kind of skill, it's the same idea. So what comes along with learning a skill? Practice. Okay, what else? Well, times that you're going to practice. Okay, so you want to set times to go out every week that you're going out and doing approaches and approaching a woman and you're going to get rejected and you're going to get rejected. And you have to go into that with that mindset, understanding that you're just going to get rejected probably for the first couple of months. It's going to suck. It's going to sting. It's going to be uh, emotionally draining but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So you need to be going out and just working on approaches with a simple line to answer your next question. Hey, I noticed you over here. I wanted to come meet you. I'm Trip. Are you from Atlanta? Are you from Chicago? Are you from LA? Whatever city that guy is in. Mm-hmm. So, so that can be very scary for guys. They're like, wait a minute. You just want to leave my house and go up to a girl and just start that conversation. <laughs> just like see what happens. So I get it. That is very scary. That's a big leap. So I have something called warm-up approaches, which are insanely helpful, okay? So warm-up approach is you're going to go up to a woman, and this is still kind of scary, but you're going to go up to a woman and say, hey, I just want to say you look very nice today. Have a nice day. And then you're going to walk away, okay? 
So you got to build up the confidence to do that. If that's too hard for you, another thing is a go up and ask directions. But if you can build up to, hey, I just want to say I look very nice today, have a nice day and walking away, do that five times in a row, something magical happens. Your approach anxiety drastically decreases. You've done it five times in a row. You're going to feel so much more comfortable going up to a woman and starting this new conversation. Hey, I noticed you over here. I wanted to come say hi. I'm Trip. Are you from Chicago? I so love that. You do that enough times, it, it, it will go away. But sometimes you need coaching to push you to do that because it's very hard to hold yourself accountable for things that are very hard. How does, how does this whole COVID thing that we've been dealing with, how does that affect um, you know, dating in today's, today's sort of climate? I mean, has, has, the, has the structure or the methodology or the directions changed? Or, or what, is it, what is it like out there right now? And, and how would you say somebody should, maybe is there an opportunity in, in this sort of scenario when less people are going out? Or, or what is your view of this dating in the COVID world right now? So what I've noticed is this isn't April 2020 anymore, where it's like everyone's on full lockdown. We're in a time where, hey, some people have already had it. Uh, Some people are extremely scared of getting it. Some people don't care at all. Some people think it's a hoax. I don't know. Everyone's on different sensitivity levels. So what I've noticed is this is just another area where you have to find someone that you match with in that. Okay. So for example, I'm working with a client right now and he says, okay, I have a date with a girl, but she's very scared of COVID. I'm not. And all she wants to do is like go on walks and walk around. It's freezing cold outside, you know, walking around in the cold. It's not an easy way to connect. I'm like, I I agree with you. Bottom line is, bro, you don't see eye to eye here. She's not a match for you. She's, Mm -hmm. it's too sensitive. It's not going to go anywhere. So I think that right now, well, I see it. Dating is still good. People are still dating. People are still going out and doing it, but you just got to make sure that you're finding someone who's at that same level as you. Maybe you are very scared of COVID. If that's the case, maybe dating's not for you in this, in this time until there's a vaccine or whatever is going to happen. So if you're Mm -hmm. very scared, I don't have any advice for you. Like, okay, just don't do this right now, you know, Uh, or you can have, you know, a girl that you're talking to the phone with every week. And, but that's like a pen pal and that's not dating. Yeah. So, yeah. So what about uh dating websites? There's so many out there. What, what is your favorite dating website and uh, the pros and cons of, of engaging that way versus actually in person? So, uh, and this kind of answers the question you had earlier too, like what's the opportunity for guys right now in this strange time is online dating is now significantly more popular. I don't think it should be a replacement for going out and meeting people in the real world, but it's an opportunity to get better at that. So the the sites, I mean, as of today, as of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, November 17, 2020, it's like Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, Match. And then there's some sites like Plenty of Fish, OkCupid. I tell guys, don't pick one, go on five, Put okay, yeah, go on five. Okay, spend 60 minutes a day. I just created a whole new system actually that I'm okay. working on. Speaking of e products, okay, so good, good. Is this something I'm working on right now? And it's a whole copy paste system that you use in terms of volume. So you're going to go on five different apps and sites, and you're going to use these messages, and you're going to filter for women who are interested in you by getting them off of that app onto texting and then meeting up for a date. 
If you do this with the right profile for 60 minutes a day, you will actually line up more dates than you will ever have in your entire life. And so you, what is that for sale yet or not yet? It's not for sale yet. I was literally recording the first <laughs> module 10 minutes before we got on the phone. Uh, on How many modules today. are there going to be? Trip, this is, this is genius stuff here. Yeah, it's 10. <laughs> 10, okay. Yeah, it's 10 <laughs> modules. And, uh, and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be released in the new year. So right at the beginning of the year and it's, it's insane. I'm already testing it with clients. Yeah. And I mean, I'm working with all clients, by the way, this is not like I'm working with like, you know, really good looking, you know, 25 year old dudes who are jacked. I'm working with guys who are divorced with kids or in their forties and using this method and it's, and it's working like a charm. So, so it's what is, pretty incredible. So tell me a little bit about, you know, from your experience, what is the first like one or two things that a woman tr- like notices about a guy? That's not like confidence. Uh, online or in person? I'm guessing in person. You mean in person. Uh, in yeah. person, yeah. And then we can go online. If, if, it's, if it's different online, I'm very, very interested. Um, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> okay. So it, it's pretty much, it's, it's the way you carry yourself. So we'll say body language. Uh, big on the way that you're either standing or sitting. And if you have open body language, looking her in the eye and then your style right? That's where you come in. But okay, style. Got it. Yes. (laughs) But here, but here's the thing you can get away if you're a super charismatic, confident dude, and you have so so style, you can go pretty far. But also it kind of works on the other end too. If your style is amazing, but your charisma is eh, so so that could work for you too. But I've learned over the over the years that your charisma definitely goes further combining the two and, and you kill it out of the park and, and you're all good to go. But definitely that first, does he look like a schlub or does he have something going on and, and he's looking overall put together and does he feel calm? That's one thing that guys don't really understand. Confidence to me is calmness. If you can just speak slow and you can be comfortable with her, this sub communicates to her that you are a confident dude you have high self-esteem. You don't care what other people think of you. And it also weirdly subcommunicates that you're dating other women because you're so comfortable with her, which means you're comfortable with women. And women actually get turned on by the fact that other women want you. It's a concept called social proof. And that's okay. the whole wedding ring thing? <laughs> yes, if you, if you want to go that route. Like the George Costanza, where is a wedding ring goes out, gets all these girls. All right. So let's talk a little bit. We have a few minutes left, Trip. Um, really, really enjoying this. So, so let's talk a little bit about, about entrepreneurship and business. Um, yeah. What would be your um, best sort of advice for somebody that is wanting to start a business? It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a coaching service or business, but just business in general. As you, you know, you've been in business now for, for quite a few years. You've had some successes. You've also had some failures. And I really feel like we can learn from you know, the biggest failures along with the biggest successes, but what would be your number one tip for, you know, starting and being successful in business? Totally. So yeah, I've been doing the same uh, business trip advice for 10 years, this, uh, this coming March. And what I've noticed and the tip I have for guys or anyone starting something is in no specific order, a, you have to love what, whatever it is that you're selling or doing, you have to love it. You know, people ask me like, do you, can you really for 10 years still talk about getting out of the friend zone? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Some days I'm kind of like, oh, here I go again. But then the next day I'm like, no, this is great. And I get to teach a new guy, these concepts to help him. So you have to love what you're doing 
or something that you're, you know, selling or, uh, or providing a service for, because I, what I've noticed is a lot of people who stop businesses, maybe you've noticed this too, Aaron is like, they like, they move on. They're like, eh, I'm done with that. Like, I'm good. You know, like, I don't want to do that anymore. And then they maybe start something else that's not as successful. Okay, whatever. You know, you can't force yourself to, to continue to like something. But if you have a passion for something, that's a huge step. The next step is it has to provide some sort of value for someone or solve some sort of problem. If that doesn't exist, then you won't build a business. Okay. Now, maybe you know that it's going to work. Some people don't know. And the way to do that is to test it out and ask people. You got to find out if it's something people are willing to buy. I knew that what I was selling, people were willing to buy because there was other companies and industries selling it. I wasn't innovative. Like, I'm the only dating coach now. Like, no, that was going on for years before me. So I didn't have that problem as much. But still, then there's the, you know, the micro part of it of, well, what are you selling? And is that something people want in the industry, et cetera? So it has to be something that solves a problem and something that offers value. Otherwise, no one's going to give you their value, i.e. money in exchange for it. The, uh, the funny thing, when you say ask people if they would be interested, you got to ask people that are not related to you or your friends. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like literally like off the street. Yeah. Your mom is going to tell you that it's amazing. And oh, sweetness, if, if, if I didn't meet your daddy, I would definitely take you up on this. Um, so, so talk a little bit. Does, do, do your tips and strategies work both for men and women? Do you coach or consult any, any you know, gay couples or, or gay men or gay women or anything like that? Or is it primarily strictly men looking to meet women? And this is just strictly, I, I, was, just, I was just thinking this when we were talking. I'm like, I wonder if the same sort of you know, going up to somebody and saying, hi, are you from the city? It sounds like it would work pretty much un unanimously regardless of the individual. Yeah, no, it definitely would. In 2011, that was trip advice. It was, I helped anyone gay, anybody who needs help, gay, lesbian, female, a male, whatever, anything I was open to helping. I noticed that over, you know, the first year, it just, the people who were trying to get advice were just men. So then eventually I was just like, all right, it's just dating advice for men. So at this point, no, I don't help anyone other than heterosexual men, but mm -hmm. there are lesbians that watch my stuff and have said that it's worked for them because they're also trying to attract women. So yes, this technically can work for a lot of people, but it is specified for men. But yeah, I mean, general confidence uh, topics and conversation starters, like, yeah, that would work for anybody, of course. So talk a little bit about the, the, the culture right now is very, you know, I think as a guy, right, you hear a lot of mixed messages from social yeah. or from, from the media about, hey, don't do this, don't do that. If you do that, you're going to be toxically masculine. So how do you, how do you navigate this, this, this culture in this world? Are you still just a gentleman? Do what, you know, your, your, your grandfather would have done. How do you, how do you navigate this so that you don't look like a, you know, a, a, a chauvinist or anything like that, but you still are, you know, yourself and a gentleman. How do you navigate that trip? Well, the thing is, is the guys that I work with, they're not guys who are going to be doing that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like I get a question a lot of like, oh, what do I do now in the Me Too movement? Like Me Too, like now girls are so sensitive and they don't want us to talk to them. It's like, no, they just don't want to be, uh, sexually harassed at work and raped. That's always been a thing. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Like, duh. Right. And it's like, don't worry. You're not going to be doing that. 
I'm not teaching that, obviously. I also, one of my biggest tips is, by the way, don't meet women at work. Don't try to date at work uh, for those exact reasons. But guys don't have to worry about that. Just understand women want to meet men. They just want it to be uh, in a way that is respectful. You know, you're, you're not going to be doing anything disrespectful here. And they just want a confident guy. And that hasn't changed for hundreds and thousands of years. So there's always going to be something going on in the world, but it's not going to change that women still do want a confident guy. Yeah. And then there's the, well, what about chivalry? Should you open the door? Should you not? It doesn't matter. You want to do that? Do it. If you don't, don't, it doesn't make or break anything. Uh, you know, go with your gut on that one. You want to open the door for her, open the door for her either way. Are you a cool, interesting, awesome guy who's honest with her and respectful in the ways that you understand how we define respect? You're golden. Everything All else right. will fall into place. What about first dates? You know, I think that's something that, that I struggled with when I was single was, you know, how do you sort of, you want to put your, your best foot forward, but you don't want to set the bar too high. You know, do you go out for coffee? Do you go to a bar? Do you, do you, my, my first dates always ended up with me being drunk, making out like in the car. And so, so <laughs> that doesn't sound so, so bad. Yeah. Well, actually the next morning when I actually realized, no, yeah, they, they, they weren't a hundred percent, uh, tens, but, uh, but anyway, what is it? What is it? What's a good first date sort of rule of thumb or, or tip? Does it depend on the situation or the person or, or talk a little bit about first dates? Sure. Yeah. So first date, I say to guys, drink coffee, maybe a dinner, depending. Okay. That's it. I go a little bit more towards get a drink at a coffee, because if you're going on a lot of dates, this is going to add up for you pretty fast. If you're doing a lot of dinner dates. So, and by the way, big mistake I used to make, I would take girls out to dinner and try to like impress them and go to like really like nice places. And then I would never go on a second date with them. And I just dropped like 150 bucks. I was like, okay, <laughs> this has to end. And I really fast, I fast learned that you don't need crazy dinners. You just need a good connection. So getting a drink, or if you're like sober and don't drink alcohol, get some coffee, maybe a few bites. If it's one of those places as a like tapas or whatever is fine. And then it's the same idea of just being comfortable, relaxed, getting to know them. And here's a key for first dates is ask them questions that you're genuinely interested in. Don't ask them questions because you're filling in, you know, the blank space of a silent conversation. Ask them questions that you want to know about them. Find out what it is that you're looking for in a woman, and that will guide and dictate what kind of questions and conversations you'll have. So if you're someone who's religious, or if you value having kids one day, or if you're make, you know, you want to make sure that you date someone who's really active and has an active lifestyle, those are the things that are going to guide how the conversation is going to go. You be you, you be relaxed. Don't think about impressing her because that always, that never works, right? Because you end up looking like a fool. And, uh, and I say, if you have a good conversation and the date goes really well at the end of the night, the first date, go for a kiss, hands down. Going for the kiss will never hurt it. If she says no, that means she was never interested to begin with. Or sometimes they'll say no because they're not ready to get physical with you yet, but they'll still actually go on a second date with you. So it never hurts it. Always go for that because you want to break out of that friend zone and make that physical connection. So first kiss, first date. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? It's you scary know? though. A lot of guys won't do it. I mean, listen, if you're not feeling it, you use yeah. your gut a little bit here, but don't say, well, my gut's saying this because you're scared. Just be real with yourself. 
if it's like if you're not having a good time in the date, some because some guys will be like, oh, this date's so boring, but they will see the girl again just because they're desperate. <laughs> like, okay, that is like, no, don't go for the kiss. Probably don't ever see that girl again, right? But if you feel that it was a it was going well, absolutely go for it. I love it. And on that note, Trip, I'm gonna ask uh, for my good night kiss and that's here <laughs> from you. But well, uh, but yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. So where are you right now? Are you in Chicago still? I'm in Chicago. That's why it got so dark out here. Yeah. What, so, uh, what is the difference in, in L I'm just out of curiosity before I run. What, uh, what is the, uh, the difference in LA women versus Chicago women, Midwest women? Yeah. So the difference is in, in Chicago, they want families a lot faster. In really? LA, their priority is generally speaking, right? Their priority is their career because they're probably there to do something in entertainment in some aspect. And in the Midwest, they're a little bit more, okay, I want to find someone to have a family with and my career is important, but I'm, you know, most likely they're already from there. So everything's kind of like good to go for them. So that's their next step where women, they're getting married a little bit later in LA because they don't have that part down yet. Yeah. And also there's more family values in the Midwest and things like that. So I have found it is a little bit easier to date in those types of places than like New York or LA where it's very focused on career first. Interesting. What's your favorite restaurant in Chicago? Money, no, like, no, like, don't worry about the price. What is your favorite restaurant? All right. All right. right. I'll I'll say one because I have it probably. It's the one that you have the most, right? That has to be the answer, not the one that you really loved one time. Uh, There's a place called Small Cheval, not Au Cheval. That's the famous burger joint, but their, uh, their sibling company, which is called Small Cheval, and it's just amazing, well-priced burgers with the most delicious duck fat fries and garlic aioli. Oh, man, it makes your mouth water. <laughs> what about nice restaurants? Steakhouse. Chicago is known for its steakhouse trip. What's your favorite steakhouse in Chicago? Oh, what's my favorite steakhouse in Chicago? Uh, I think probably... Where was I recently? Bavette's. That's, that's a really I, that's, good one. That's my favorite. That's my favorite yeah. down in the basement. Did you ever go down there? I I been down there, but didn't eat down there. I was up. Okay, so yeah. so T. Shanley is uh, is based out of Chicago, and so once a quarter prior to COVID, I would I would really look forward to coming out there, and we would always go out to a nice steak dinner. And um and yeah, Bavette's is if you if you're Top ever notch. in Chicago or planning on going to Chicago and can actually get a reservation, it's very hard to get into, uh, but it is it is amazing. The seafood tower. Highly, oh, the highly. seafood tower. That's what I had last time I was there last year. So highly recommend it. Maple and Ash. There's another one that I that I that's a solid a good, one. A good meal as well. And Gibson's, you can't go wrong with Gibson's, right? Yeah. And your deep All dish, right. your Lumalnatis. Can't forget that too. All right. There it is. So Trip, where can people find you? Online. So well, if you're listening to this podcast, that means you like podcasts. I got a podcast as well. It's called How to Talk to Girls. It's on all the podcast streaming platforms. If you want to learn more about me and my services and all those good things, just go to tripadvice.com and all my links are there for the podcast, YouTube channel, services, products, and all that stuff. So I would check that out, tripadvice.com. We'll link to everything down below. Trip, thank you so much for really being an inspiration for me to look and see what you have built over the years has really been phenomenal. I mean, you and I have sort of gotten to know each other. Um, you know, our relationship goes, goes way back. And, um, just to watch you continue to consistently put out incredible content and really elevate the game in, in my eyes for 
you know, sort of the dating advice arena, it's really been inspiring where so many other people that I was familiar with have sort of fallen by the wayside. I really feel like you have succeeded and excelled based on not only your fortitude and your ability to just continue to put out incredible content, but just the message that you're giving people and, and really encouraging them to sort of find themselves in the confidence from within, which I really admire. And, and it's just been a real pleasure to get to know you and also to watch you grow. And next time I'm in Chicago, we definitely, you have to take me to that place because I, I want some duck fat fries, man. I'm hungry. Dude, dude they're good. <laughs> well, listen, uh, you know, before we let go, gotta say the same thing about you, you know, when, uh, when I first interviewed you, I think it was back in 2012, 2013, you were also an inspiration of mine. Seeing you grow over the years and just explode has uh, always given me inspiration. So I appreciate you always coming on my podcast and YouTube channel. I appreciate being on here. So keep doing what you're doing. You're doing awesome stuff. And thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Trip, Trip, you're an angel. Thanks, brother. Good talking. Well, I can't, I can't wrap this up. Good talking to you, sir. And, uh, and guys, make sure to go check out Trip, YouTube, also the podcast. And uh, if you are in need of some dating advice that is not going to make you wear a fedora, you definitely need to check out what Trip has to say. Thanks, Trip. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks. Gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. As always, I appreciate your support. Once again, if you found this episode or any of the content I've put out in the past helpful, please leave a rating and review on the platform you're listening to this on. Once again, every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. And if you're looking to upgrade your sunglass game, don't forget to check out Enemy.com. Honestly, the quality of these glasses for the price is insane. Just read the reviews. Gentlemen, stay awesome.